Of course, I go by the name of the kid. Famous. Wow. This here is the Tim and Sid Show. You are now tuned in. Coast to coast. Edutaining the masses. Sports edutainment. Yeah. It's about to get started. Sit back. Enjoy the show. In five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. is not much for a going away week. What the hell's happening, Sixero? What the hell's Friday going to look like, McAuliffe? You know what? You know some I'm huge scared. trades happening last segment Friday show. Like it's happening. We you and I have sat here enough to know what the rhythm of a week like this is normally like. Friday and strong when it's a heavy heavy news week like this. Wow. Crazy. The magic number for Sid Sixero is down to three. Two following this show. As Tim and Friends debuts Monday, March 8th. And you know who (laughs) goes to breakfast television. Thank you for joining us today. We are live on TV, radio, and online, courtesy of Sportsnet. Now, coming up, some massive, massive hockey news. Montreal Canadiens fired their head coach and their lead assistant, Elliot Friedman, Eric Engels will drop by in the next hour. Sid and I will chop it up, as the kids say, in a couple seconds. And we'll also get you ready for Scotia Bank Wednesday night hockey tonight. I finally converted him in the last week. Thank you, Tim. Calgary and Leafs for the second time. I appreciate it. Small victory. Second time in three nights. (laughs) Flames take on the Leafs. Uh, what will Leafland be like if David Riddick is that guy again tonight? Oh, my Lanta. Let's see how that plays out. Again, Elliot Friedman, uh, Eric Engels joining us here momentarily. Also hockey-wise, Tim, um, we're going to speak to Tyler Mott of the Vancouver Canucks, not just about what's happening in the lower mainland hockey-wise, but also about a special mental fitness initiative spurred on by both Sportsnet and the good people uh, who run Movember, who do incredible work with Movember. We'll let you see a bit of it, and we'll talk to Tyler Mott himself a little later on. He has a story to tell. But, Tim, let's start with another, as you alluded to, another bombshell in the world of sports. Obviously, today's bombshell, very different from yesterday's bombshell, and we'll update the Tiger Woods situation here later on in this segment. But, uh, Timmy, wow, the news out of Montreal. I was jaw-dropped last night when I correctly called that I would fall asleep while putting one of my children to bed last night. (laughs) Wake up to read Eric Engel's story on sportsnet.ca, posted around 12.46 a.m., suggesting that the head coach was on thin ice in Montreal. What? Then, this morning, we find out The Montreal Canadiens had relieved not only head coach Claude Julien of his duties, but also assistant coach Kurt Muller, who like a year ago was one of the hot assistant candidates in all of hockey. Coveted, no doubt. Uh, Dominique Ducharme would take over as interim head coach. Alex Burroughs also added to the coaching staff. The Habs lost their second straight game to the Senators last night. 5-4, controversial. 5-4 in a shootout. Six loss in their last eight games. GM Marc Bergevin. The uh, very, very smoothly dressed Marc Bergevin. What a flow, what a suit. Wow. Addressed the media this (laughs) afternoon in Winnipeg with a large lapel and even better hair as the Habs get set to face the Jets tomorrow night. Here's how that sounded. Hand look, hand look. 
I had talks with Claude in the in the last little while, and I know the message he was telling the players and what was happening was was not the same. And and it happens in all sports. And Claude's a very good coach. It's just at some point, you know, the 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 player needs a new voice, and uh, that's what I saw happening with our club in recent weeks. To a man, needs to be better, needs to raise his game. Every single guy's. That was my message, and it's my message to you guys for our fans. That's what needs to be done. All right. Once we get past the sky blue blazer over the long sleeve golf shirt that Marc Bergevin was rocking, what do you think of this move? I mean, I was, I was stunned to hear it this morning. You're 18 games in. You're in a playoff spot. You've managed a point in the standings in three of the last four games. You're eight games out of eight points out of first, not games, eight points out of first. You have games in hand on, on a lot of those teams, both behind you and in front of you. So for that reason, I was like, wow. Now, as you said, Eric Engels last night, very interesting post. A little birdie was telling him something. And, Tim, as I've thought about it throughout the day and specifically listened to kind of Mark Bergevin talk earlier today around 3 Eastern, I'm not as sh- I'm still surprised. But I do understand a little bit where the Habs might be coming from here. The first thing is, let's remember last, last season, this, this coach right here, they, I mean, they've lost five of six, the Habs. Last year, the Habs didn't have just one eight-game losing streak. They had two eight-game losing streaks. Right. Despite the fact they just got in that playing round, great, you beat Pittsburgh. Congratulations. But there were stretches last year, and Bergevin had to sit through it, and owner Jeff Molson had to sit through it, where this team spiraled and could not get out of it under the guidance of that gentleman, Claude Julien. Now, if you're Mark Bergevin and you're seeing the start to your year, there's been basically no injuries. Your team's intact. You've seen that start, and you see this. Those memories of last season quickly, McAuliffe, come flooding back. I understand that. I can appreciate that. So that's the one thing I didn't think of initially but makes a lot of sense to me if you're Mark Bergevin. The I'm not going to sit here and watch Claude Julien just play Philippe Deneau on in three-on-three overtime having zero goals scored this year and act like everything's okay. We're not doing that again. We're not. So that's the first thing that hit me. The second thing, Tim, but the, the second thing, and it's yeah. more important. So if you want to retort, retort, that's please. That's a long way to go to get to the first thing. All right, go ahead. The just first thing I thought week. was important. Okay. I'm, 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 another 20 crap. Minutes, We're seven another minutes, minutes into the show. Thing. 20 minutes, I'll be done. All right. If you want to get a word in wedgewise, you let me know. Oh, I will. I will. <laughs> Secondly, um, more importantly, this move, hearing Mark Bergevin earlier this afternoon, it became obvious this move was done basically to appease the room. He, he said it twice. This is what the room wants. 
and I'm a little upset. I didn't it didn't clue in to me. It clued into Eric Engels. But when you heard some of the guys talk this week, have the clip ready, guys. When you heard Nick Suzuki talk, a kid has barely been in the league. When you hear Shea Weber talk, Shea Weber, a coffee table can give you a better quote at times than Shea Weber. One of the most reserved captains in the league. For those guys to say what they said within the last 48 to 72 hours, it made sense. Roll it. I think we're pretty much all up in our own heads right now. Um, I think just overthinking it, um, playing not to lose, and that's never a good uh, thing to do. We got to get that excitement back that we had at the start of the year. It's, it's tough right now because it's, uh, you know, it's a tough time, and I feel like a lot of negative energy around. A lot of negative energy. We're playing not to lose. Nick Suzuki's a kid. Again, Shea Weber does not do this publicly. Those are alarm bells in that market. And that, to me, is the real surprising thing here, Tim. This was a, this was a move made by the room. This was not a – Bergevin took his, his slings and arrows today, no doubt. And he's on the hot seat, and we'll talk about that. But that room decided they needed this. It became pretty obvious as the afternoon progressed. And I find that very, very surprising. If Bergevin wanted it, that's one thing. I don't think it was him. I think it was those Listen. guys. Your tweet earlier today, which pointed out what Claude Julien has been through in the last year and a bit and uh, coaching during a global pandemic after having heart surgery and getting fired 18 games into the season was very valid. And my my mind immediately went to work and I was like, well, listen, this this could be one of the more callous firings that we have ever seen in sports, especially after a 7-1-2 and two sport, uh, start. Or there was a lot more to it than the last eight games, right? Like, it, there's no chance that this was an 18 games into the season firing. And because Kurt Muller went with Claude Julien, I started thinking of the benching of Brendan Gallagher in the bubble. And then the meltdown in talks with Brendan Gallagher. And then the all of a sudden six year at $6.5 million per with Brendan Gallagher, including a modified no trade and a full no move clause throughout the deal. Like, I, I, it's been on the wall and we didn't really see it, but you kind of felt it. And the part that irks me a little bit here is... So Mark Bergevin, who has been looking for scoring for years, finally finds some success in Tyler Toffoli and Josh Anderson and only gives the head coach 18 games with those guys after he's been there for nine seasons. Like, that's a joke. So there's no – anyone saying this is an eight-game slide and we didn't want to see the next eight-game slide from last year, while a factor nowhere close – to the end game here. There was a lot more to this story, and it was, I think, the start of it happened with Brendan Gallagher in the bubble. It start, It might have started with Brendan Gallagher, Tim. I'll take it a step further. Let's bring something else into it. So Victor Mete's agent goes public, right? Yeah. Not happy. How many coaches and how many teams in the National Hockey League, when a, when a, player's, a, a young player's agent goes public like that, would have him in the lineup the next day. Next day. The Habs yeah. did. The Habs did. Brett Kulak out. So his agent piss, he, he pisses and moans publicly, 
And the feeling in the room, whether you like Brett Kulak or not, that's not the point. The point is that gets your guy the start. That gets your guy, not the start, but gets him in uniform. Yeah. That's what worked for Victor. Don't tell me that went over well in the Habs room. Don't tell me that. Yeah. So so that's like the trickle down. Is that down the coach? I don't know. See, that's a fair question. Is that Bergevin? Listen, if it was Bergevin, Julian ate it. Because it looks like it's the coach. Feels like it's Bergevin. But at the end, the coach can decide who goes in his lineup and who doesn't. We all know it's not that easy. <laughs> Sometimes it's not that simple, as we know, Timmy. But that, don't tell me that wasn't a thing. Don't tell me that it affects certain guys in the room to the point where you have like a 20-something kid and Nick Suzuki say, going public saying, we're playing scared. We're playing scared, yeah, because Philippe Deneau, with zero goals, is playing three-on-three hockey with you. What the hell is that? I feel for Claude Julien, but I, but I also... I feel for Claude Julien, but I also think he didn't help himself in certain instances. He didn't, obviously. Well, I, I mean, this, there's just a lot of blame to pass around here, and it's shocking given where they were uh, undebatably after 10 games of the season. Uh, the PP yeah. has struggled. They're 20th in, in the league and struggled more. I heard that a lot late. PK is even worse, though, 22nd in the league. I'll read a stat, and, and we can close here if you want. I'll read a stat here that nobody wants to bring up, and I get why. But men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Carey Price has a 295 goals against average and an 893 save percentage. I know a lot of coaches who look really good when goaltenders' numbers are better than the ones that you see beside Carey Price's name. Carey Price was awful last night. Awful. Well, he had. It was, it was, no, but he, he had he, these. He had these like ten was. bell saves, and then the goals that went in. But Tim, a lot of goalies make good saves in National Hockey League games. Like that happens. You don't get credit for that because that's your damn job. The goals he let in were ridiculous for a guy of his level and importance. Ridiculous. And Tim, in that market, I'll tell you right now, and it's not the first time we've seen. Very interesting slash ridiculous goaltending controversies in the city of Montreal. The Jake Allen support is growing. I'm not making that up. That performance last night was unreal, and it's been masked because of what happened today. But that would have been a major storyline in the city of Montreal today, if not the storyline, if the firing doesn't happen. I'm not saying that's why they did it. I'm just saying it would have been. So the question is, what do you do about it? I don't know. If you're Dominic Ducharme, listen, Dominic Ducharme, be careful what you wish for, bro. Be careful what you wish for. You got it now. <laughs> I love it, Dominic Ducharme, bro. That, I'm uh, here for – I am going to I miss the Dominic Ducharme, bro. I don't know how you say bra bra. French, I don't know French. You just okay. did. Frere, but whatever. It's fur. For, I, I don't know. Help me out. Help me out on that one. Um, and, 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 Tim, last time I checked, Dominic Ducharme has been on the staff for a little bit, right? Correct me if I'm that. wrong. Yeah, he's been. He's been on the staff. Okay, just checking. Just checking. Yeah, it does seem like it does seem like. All right, it does seem like he's Bergevin's guy. Like this seems like Sheldon Keefe. You're bang on in Toronto. This is Mark Bergevin's guy. Um, Now, Bergevin said this is basically Ducharme's job to lose. 
there's no way that the Habs would be looking at a guy that went to school in Montreal at McGill who just happened to talk to Chris Simpson in the big picture by the name of Mike Babcock. Mike, Mike Babcock? Mike <laughs> Babcock. Well, look, here, here's, here's the one question Mark Bergevin was asked today, Timmy, flat out. Uh, he was asked to confirm, because he, he alluded to Dominic Ducharme's my guy. So the follow-up question was, and forgive me, I forgot who asked it. So just to confirm, is Dominic Ducharme your coach through the end of the season, and are you going to be looking for a coach during the season? Bergevin was quick to say Ducharme has the job from now till the end, and we're not looking for a guy. So my, my gut reaction to you, Tim, after hearing Mark Bergevin say that is, I don't think they are uh, they're dipping in the Mike Babcock pool, so to speak. Okay, and, and I could have phrased it a lot better than that. Yeah, but you know I, what I'm I, saying. I would have went yeah. somewhere else with it, but I. I and Mike's got you. his yeah. hands full at the University of Saskatchewan, right? Like he's got his mm-hmm. hands full. So I don't think I don't think he's he's got the time in the day. So it sounds it looks like it's Dominic's job from here here on too. I would uh, I would agree with it, and Carey Price starts playing like Carey Price, and Dominique Ducharme is going to look genius. very good. Oh, he's Bruh. a genius. Five-year, $40 million extension. Boom. Bruh. Good on you, bro. Um, Mike Babcock, as I mentioned, is appearing on the big picture with Craig Simpson. Uh, Craig Simpson. Chris Simpson airing tonight in Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey. And just the teaser clip alone set fire to Twitter. For those who didn't hear it, Babcock was asked by Chris, who, by the way, as I say, Craig, like an idiot, Chris is one of my favorites in the business. Good people, really like her. Sid and I both, check mark. Um, Chris asked Mike Babcock if he was surprised about getting fired by the Leafs, and his answer got people talking. You have won everything. Is it still, though, humbling? I mean, was it shocking to you, or did you see it coming? No, it wasn't shocking to me. I knew when Lou left, I was getting fired. Uh, Why? In your own mind, though, like, that's not how I think. I didn't – I just think you just keep on keeping on. Uh, The bottom line is, is I really believe it's important that every general manager and every coach have their manager and their coach, their guy. And that wasn't me. And I have no problem with that whatsoever. Uh, am I jealous at times? Well, I mean, Matthews has become a man. Marner has become a man. Riley's like, but that's the process you were involved in. I'm proud of the fact that we went there. We had no players. We ended up with all these guys. Uh, we still have the franchise record for most wins. We didn't get it done at playoff time. No one wants to get fired. This has been a really good year and a half for Mike Babcock. Uh, like I said, Larry Tannenbaum's treated me like a million dollars. He, he's been spectacular. Uh, it's been good. You can see that full one-on-one with Chris Simpson uh, coming up on Hockey Central. And let me just tell you, in the midst of the interview, Mike Babcock has a giant Yeti cooler, which during the interview drinks is absolutely prime Babcock that I have missed since he has left the ether that is the hockey world. It was big. It was, it was big. Giant. It was Huge. a really big cooler. It was like a tr- like a it was like a double double times eight. On a large double double times eight is what he was drinking. <laughs> Tim, the other thing I'm thinking before we get to the hockey part of that, which is interesting, 
Yes or no, did someone have to set up Mike Babcock's Zoom? Yes or no? I, I think at this point, at this point, like my dad's 83, and he's he pretty do, right? damn close to doing his own Zoom okay. because of the pandemic. I think pre-pandemic, right. Sixero, you're bang on. I think Mike Babcock mumbles There's to no somebody. Way. and he Somebody's goes, yelling, yelling at kids in Vermont where he's helping. Set it up, please. You don't, if the Zoom's not set up, you're not winning, you're not winning, you're not setting up the Zoom, you're not Zooming, you're not Zooming. Zoom it. Catamount. needs work. I'm sorry. Uh, he clearly wants in, Tim. He's taken a weird path here, obviously. University of Vermont, NBC Sports Network for eight minutes, and then the University of Saskatchewan. Um, he wants back in. What's the scenario? I don't think it's a Canadian market. I'll tell you that. Um, I, I, I don't think it's a Canadian market. I think it's going to be one of those Columbus-ish hires whenever that comes up or some other. You know what I mean? It'll, yep. be a, it'll be a smaller scale media pressure. He'll get the job, though. It's, it's not going to be Montreal, but he'll get the job. And I don't think Babcock's French has gotten any better, personally. Not that you need to speak French in Montreal, but it damn well helps. It's kind of important to that organization. Yeah, I don't think he speaks much French. The, yeah. the one thing I didn't understand about the Babcock thing, and listen, um, I know people in Vermont and Saskatchewan, uh, Mike Babcock does do nice things for people. Of course, and is. ask yeah. for very little in return. But we have this thing what we do right now, where it's one versus the others always. And I get it's interesting, and it forces people to take a side that feigns engagement. But it's not always true. Like Mike Babcock can be a great hockey coach, as his resume suggests, and use tactics that have become somewhat antiquated, but used in many other spots than just Toronto under Babcock. Right, like it became last night on Twitter, like you're on one side or the other, and I don't oh, I missed, understand. Tim, forgive it. me, forgive me, I missed this. So there was oh. there was an uproar over the Babcock. Oh, really? Oh, oh, I missed that. People were fired uh, up when I Lou guess. left. Wasn't just Lou; it was what you did to Mitch Marner. Yeah. Right. Like I told you that there were when when Mike Babcock was hired in Toronto. And that was the lead story. I said on the air, there were players in Detroit that hated him. Right? You remember this. And then they picked up their Stanley Cup rings. <laughs> like Steve Shutt once said of the great Scotty Bowman, who once corrected Sitzixero on air on how many cups he had. You hated him for 364 days of the year. And on the 365th, you picked up your Stanley Cup ring. Like it's, listen. It's okay to be hated. It's also okay to make big mistakes in an attempt to split an atom to motivate your players that you didn't need to split. But I feel like there's a lot of axes being grind right now when it comes to Mike Babcock. And I get it. His tactics aren't popular. The way he spoke story, to the man. media it was a bad wasn't story. popular. I'm fine with the way he spoke to the media. You're right, Tim. Some people, but, I could give a damn how he spoke to the media. It was nothing. We had him on. He would push back. We would push back, yeah. and it was fine, right? Like fine. there is always a little bit of tension, and I feel like some people are calling that back right now. Even though I think what he did with Mitch Marner was wrong, but I I, compl I believe yeah, I completely agree with. Him. I believe coaches make mistakes all the time, and a bunch of people act tough. When the guy's not in the position of power, like wait till John Tortorella goes, right? Yeah, like it's happened every time John Tortorella has gone. 
they come around and they say, ah, this, that, this, that, because he was mean to you. Like, I get it. I understand it. But it happens in every aspect of life. But also, let's not let's not be revisionist in the Babcock thing. Mike Babcock's no longer head coach of the Leafs because he wasn't winning enough games, man. <laughs> right. Let's not let's let's not climb on a stupid train and take it downtown. Right. Mike Babcock didn't win enough games for the Leafs. It wasn't about playing time. It wasn't wasn't even about that that really bad story with Mitch. If he would have won the games, no one would have cared. Correct. If he would have won playoff series, no one would have cared. That's why he's no longer the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Not because Kyle wanted a guy, and I'm sure he did. But you don't think Kyle would have hitched his wagon at his future Hall of Fame coach if he was winning his ass off? No, of course he would have. Because anyone would. But he didn't. So he moved on. And then the narrative changed. Like in the narrative in Detroit, when people forgot that, you know, yeah, he was was getting people rings in Detroit, but Nick Listrom was holding the door open. Then he wasn't there anymore. Then it changed, right? Like the narrative with certain guys, when you look back on it, it's not as complicated as we like to make it out to be sometimes. And Mike is a complicated dude. I think we can all agree on that. He's a complicated dude who also has gold medals in his chalice and has won a lot, a lot. He is going to smooth out this rep that has just descended upon him within the last 18 months. He's going to get over that and get hired by the Panthers or Carolina. I don't know. Yeah, he's going to get back into hockey. I think you and I agree with that. But let's not overcomplicate why he's not the coach of the Leafs anymore, because it's pretty damn simple. Agreed. All right, we'll take the break. Uh, when we come back, Sid's magic number is down to three, and Kyle says on Twitter, "Just punch me in the face instead." I don't know if that's because we have three more shows or because you're gone in three shows. Uh, we'll ask Kyle if he hates us or loves us I'm and confused. try and get the and try and get the answer um we'll take the break we'll come back there's plenty more including Elliot Friedman Eric Engels Tyler Mott on a jam-packed edition with Sid's magic number at 3 Sorry, Welcome I was looking Tim up a Sid. bunch of things. No, no. Tim McAuliffe, Sid Sixero here. Three shows left, this one included, as we count down to Tim and Friends March the 8th and me waking up at 3.30 in the morning. Still to come, new head coach in Montreal. Uh, Eric Engels, Elliot Friedman will join us. Also, Flames Leafs, Scotiabank, Wednesday night hockey tonight. And Tyler Mott of the Vancouver Canucks has a story to tell. And it's one he hopes will help people. And he'll join us in the uh, second hour of this program. So look forward to that conversation with Tyler here on Tim and Sid. Uh, Billy writes in and says, Tim and friends, that's weak. What Brian coughed that up. Sorry, this show will always be known as Tim and Sid. Sid will be back. <laughs> Does he know my dun, schedule? <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> Interesting take. Uh, it is a, uh, a magic number of three right now. Uh, and I love how people feel like they can. I know this is what we've created here when we engage all the time with Twitter. But I love how people can like rip your decision and or trash what I will do without you or what you will do without me. It just it seems sometimes way too personal 
when it comes to some of these responses, does it not? Well, like, no, it someone is, writing it in and saying that. It isn't. It isn't like you. Like you and I do a really different type of show, right? Like we put right. ourselves out there for a very, very long period of time, so people, uh, regardless of how big of a d bag they are, think they know us. <laughs> so anyone can reach in and occasionally have their tweet actually read on air, which is what you just did, right? And um, that's how they get exposure. So uh, no, I'm fine you, with it. Like, do it you happens. really think it's exposure? <laughs> Uh, for them, it is. <laughs> for them, it is. You and I get I to talk on national TV for two hours a day. Not many people get their tweets read, although in this show they do. Right. Uh, so I think my guy uh, probably got uh, got a little tickle uh, off that. But let okay. him, uh, Tim. Uh, uh, breaking news: People are going to have their opinions. That is true. <laughs> I have, I have mine. I guarantee, I have mine. So uh, God bless him. God bless him. One of those opinions, Sydney, came to us earlier today. And I wanted to pass it along to you just in case you missed it, because I know both you and I are spinning right now with all of stuff that we got to do. A lot of t- lot of tweets coming in, though. I'm missing some stuff. I am missing some stuff. So f- apologies to anyone tweeting at us uh, something nice. I may or may not have missed it. So, uh, How about from a baseball Hall of Famer? Roberto Alomar tweeted into the show earlier today, in his final week at Tim and Sid, I wanted to wish Sid Sixero all the best as he moves to BT Toronto. It has been a pleasure to be a guest on your show over the years, and I thank you and Tim McAuliffe for your continued friendship. See you soon, my friend, Roberto Alomar. How about that? How about that? Actually, Timmy, guys, if you could bring it. I'm going to pick up the camera here, so try not to vomit, Timmy. But I am going to over what my are you doing? This isn't Dr. Tongue's uh, is, 3D. So let me get out of the way. So that is. Yeah, please get out of the way. As best I can. As best no, I can. No, you're not. You're keeping yourself in the uh, shot. Well, I got you're... it because I got to talk to the mic. So, you know, it's just the most complicated what? setup ever. Get your fat head out of the shot. Well, I got to talk and zoom And zoom in. I can't. Well, let me try this. Uh, I, got, I have a. Hey, there, there you go. go. Uh, there's a Robbie Almar golf tournament uh, plaque. There's a picture of you and I behind there. This is as close as I can get to it. Maybe not the best idea I've had this week. No, nope. but uh, <laughs> shout out to Robbie Almar, who uh, one. Listen, man, one of the joys of doing this show, as I get back on mic, um, is just to get to uh, call guys who we kind of grew up with watching Friends. Like it's it's been a mind bleep that way, and Roberto Almar is one of those. Um, a, a, a member of Cooperstown, the greatest Blue Jay to ever lace him up. Uh, one of the greatest second basemen, not only of his era, but in the history of Major League Baseball. And and he's uh, he's been super kind to us, man. So a shout-out to Robbie. Everyone at his foundation, too. They do some great work. Throw some kick-ass post-golf tournament parties. And uh, all the best to Robbie, man. That's great. That's really nice of him to say. Really kind. So we get the one tweet from, uh, I forgot his name already, and one from Roberto Alomar. And I wasn't trying to be douchey. I was actually looking for it, but I couldn't find it because there were too many tweets. Uh, same, same sort of lines here, Sydney. Um, we're getting just videos and tweets and you know people sending us cameos and things of the sort. Um, Faisal Camisa, same as Roberto Alomar in his... Athletic ability. Uh, Legendary no. status. Nah. Just just um, 
just likeness? Like, what? What do you mean? Like, just like how? Like, how do you? Uh, what, what do you? How are Hall you of Fame hair? A Hall of Fame hair. Hall, He's got Hall of Fame hair. hair. Yeah, they both. Yeah, Roberto they both have Hall of Fame hair. Hall of Fame baseball player, still full head of hair. Faisal Camisa, Hall of Fame hair. Either way, at times, your nemesis on this show. <laughs> at times, your nemesis. He sent in this video for today's show. Oh, this is going to be rough. Sid Sixero, man, I will start by saying this. It's not every day you make two shows better with one decision. It's going to be, wow, it's going to be so good. Yeah, oh, man. Here I am in the wardrobe room at Sportsnet, and just looking here, I'm going to love all this space. I'm going to miss having you around is what I meant to say. Um, Okay, that's all the jokes I have. Honestly, Sid, it is going to be extremely different without you around. Uh, you were so great to me, so kind to me. You helped me so much in my career. The validation I felt early on in my broadcasting life was when you guys chirped my eyebrows when I was doing those 30-second updates from the old building, and it made me feel so cool. And then I got to host a show with both of you, and every single time I got to do that, it was such an honor. And I felt like I couldn't break anything because you guys had worked so hard to build something that was so, so, so great. And uh, to see it end, it's it's truly, truly sad for me and for so many other people as well. Sid, we're going to miss you in the building. Uh, the chicken finger stock is going to go up, which is great when we're allowed to do that again. But um, the laughter is, is going to go down, man. We, we would have a lot of laughs and a lot of moments and a lot of jokes. And it's going to be different without that. I'd say call me, but I already told you to lose my number, so please don't. Um, aside from that, I look forward to watching your show when I wake up at 1 p.m. What time does it start again? Well, I'll, I'll figure that out. We're going to miss you, man. All the best. Congratulations. You deserve nothing but success. And uh, can't wait to see it happen, man. Thanks for everything. Who the hell does he think he is? <laughs> first off, first off. I would I would call you Faisal, but I wouldn't want to interrupt your latest FIFA game where you just unearthed Franz Beckenbauer in your in your <laughs> hidden players and tweet tweet it out to the to the masses. So I don't want to interrupt your FIFA online game. Opening session. packs, leave them alone. Secondly, the beard mm -hmm. is not working, dude. I don't know what you really want to get accomplished with it. Like I know Ken Reed's hair is just taking a whole different turn, and you feel like you need to compete. Don't do it. Just shave. Secondly. There is no more disrespect than doing anything in the wardrobe room at Sportsnet. Any email I did at the last second, any text I did at the last second, it was in the wardrobe room. He literally, it was the last thing he did before going out to do Central. And damn it, Faisal, I'm offended. I'm offended. He had a camera on Central. Like he could have just, could have gone in front of the camera and the he set. Had a camera. And it, do it professionally. And it, I mean, he works at a. He was in a TV station. Unbelievable! A professional Unbelievable. TV station. He did it so half-ass, like it's a new level of half-ass. Seriously, Faisal, you're you're great, and uh, and Tim and I appreciate you, man. You are an inspiration to a lot of people. You're a fantastic, dude. You're just you're still getting started here in your career, no doubt. Just don't learn anything from Ken Reed, and you'll be fine. And uh, and we love you, man. Thanks for sending that in. But it could have uh, been, nice been done uh, better. To echo Tim. To echo Tim. It could have been done better.
could have. It was heartfelt though, and it's nice to see the it heartfelt, was. especially yeah. uh, before we do this. Uh, Daryl Smith wrote in hashtag TS Memories and says, uh, "My favorite memory is when Mark Spears got a hold of Sid's school picture. Absolutely hilarious. Thank you. Best of luck to Sid. What a team, Tim and Sid. It was also featured in." a wonderful piece that Sean Fitzgerald did in The Athletic about both of us. For those who don't remember when Mark Spears got his first look at Sid Sixero's grade 8 graduation photo, it was something to behold. Do you want to add anything to this before we go to it and you get... Uh, got a hold of Slash, we showed it to him. <laughs> yeah. This was, this was amazing, though. Like, there, there is no roast needed of me because it's done. The mic has been dropped. And, my, and Mark Spears of ESPN That's did true. it. Roll it. Spears, I, I want your honest opinion. Again, this is Southern Ontario, 1988, 1989. It was a different time back then. The number. It Another was summer. You got a Jerry curl? It's worse. <laughs> no, you it's might worse. As well have. I think it's a little bit oh. worse. Oh. Ice, ice, baby. <laughs> God dang. Wow. Eyebrows in the teeth. Golly, boy. Did you, how many cavities did you have? <laughs> the natural reaction to that is wow. amazing. Now, I mean, amazing. What a turnaround. <laughs> 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 You've got smacked. I did not expect Mark this reaction Spears, from yeah. Mark Spears of ESPN. I'm so happy for you, man. I'm so happy for I went the other way. That's my problem. Jeez. You fogged my glasses, Mark Spears. You didn't get hazed at all. I didn't get Nobody any. Nobody was a bully to you. I didn't get anything at all. <laughs> That's a great response. We have to talk about basketball at some point here. Um, the Bucks, go. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> talk about the Bucks. Look at the, the Buck teeth here, boy. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, enough said, Mikal. Take it to break. Wow. Uh, wow, Spearsy. Uh, Bill writes in and says, uh, ever since I came home from the hospital and was bedridden for over a year, you bought me much joy and happiness with all this sports talk and information, much laughter with just good conversations and so much joy. Thanks, Bill. Uh, we always appreciate tweets like that. And Rambo writes in and says, are you guys going to take five seconds from the Sid Showcase extravaganza to mention that the Oilers came back from behind to win last night? Hey, Tim, did you hear the Oilers came back from 3 nothing down to win last <laughs> night? They did. It was quite the they performance. Did. Wow. Was Mike yep. Smith was bombarded early. And we go to break. After the break. <laughs> I think we're going to do a little more of this, Tim. Am I, am I wrong in saying that? We got, we got one more? Uh, we got flashback? a bunch of stuff. We're going to get to a bunch of tweets. We're going to get to a bunch of things right here. All right. We reminisce. We reminisce. Tim and I live on TV and radio. Ty writes in and says, I know sometimes in the past you guys may have felt like it's just sports, but I'm so happy that you're both starting to really realize how many people like me you've helped get through 
our lowest of lows. I just wish I could say thank you better. You don't need to. Uh, that's pretty good, brother. Appreciate you. Love you. You'd, thank you for that. That's nice. You, you do, and you did already. Um, and in case you need another smile, here's Sid Sixero challenging the 40 times that he saw at an NFL combine and falling just a smidge short. Yeah. Anything you'd like to add to the 40 before we... Keep in mind, as we run this clip of me running the 40, it's 60 yards. Roll it. Get out, Get out of here with that. Earlier today, I was... Th- Listen, I don't think I could run a 5-4-1 at the age of 42. Sixero looked at me earlier in our meeting and said, dead face, I'd whoop his ass. So I said, why not prove it? Do we have video of you running the 40? Full disclosure, I went outside earlier today. We did it. Yeah. Budget cuts. What? We didn't film it. You, sorry. Yes, we do. So we have, we have the video, apparently. Okay, this is me stretching earlier today. Wait a second. What Apologies to everyone on Huntley Street outside oh the building. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the hell happened? That's Why called, are you wearing That's called the triple, that's the triple G warm-up. Yeah. 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 Just waving at cars. Yeah. They were eyeing me down, man. Oh my God! They were look. They were looking at me like lunch. Oh, the beats though. You got the beats. beats on, yeah. Yep. Hanson's yep. Mpop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is a great lead-in. So that's the Let start. Let me see the forty. So as you can see, I'm now brimming with confidence. <laughs> yeah, you are. What was Goodell's time, Tim? What was Five, Goodell's time? Five four one. Five four one. At the one. age of fifty-nine. All right. So this is what happened earlier today when I ran what they told me was forty yards, but I'm pretty sure. Right. It wasn't anywhere close to 40 yards. Here it is. Is that r- roughly 40 yards? Yeah. But it's from back there. No! Where's the timer? They're all against me. That's a solid 6-1. I'm not even sure that was 40 yards. May have been 45. Seven six three. Seven six three. You should have seen where they marked it off first. They had me going from here. We're downtown Toronto. I was going to Markham. They marked it to Markham, the site of hometown hockey Sundays on. It's forty Sports. yards. How tough is it? They don't know. They didn't know. Vinny, you think that was forty yards? Yes. Liar. That was not. What's my with forms? your knees? Well, my knees stopped working three years ago. <laughs> they did not. If, if you look from the front angle, I'm not sure your knees left three inches of clear in any way, shape, or form. Like, your knees don't get up in the air as you run. I look Watch like, again. I look like a Portuguese superhero. <laughs> they don't move. <laughs> my, my, my nickname is Salted Cod. <laughs> and you felt... And you felt the need that you had to lean forward to get your 763. Is that the official time? Well, if I didn't lean forward, I'd get an eight. <laughs> I was going to put the foot out like the short track speed skater. <laughs> I look seven months pregnant in that clip. <laughs> like, <laughs> legit. My legit. favorite part was uh, Vinny, was that 40 oh. yards? Yes. Yep. <laughs> Shout out Vinny, Seb, Dagan, everybody. Miss you guys. I miss working oh, with people. Oh, man, I miss. That I was know. fun. I miss being around fun. people. But honestly, I looked. Uh, that left nothing to the imagination. No. Absolutely 
nothing and it was cold my favorite clip too is Dagan holding like a like a, a tim hortons in the phone that's the hardest he worked the whole day he was just he's just following me around and with a with the with a toque on anyway made me laugh so uh so yeah that was fun that was good bill richardson writes into the show and says said you know that joanne mcleod can find you at bt <laughs> let me tell you something joanne hal you know where to find me I will body break on the regular. Young and Dundas Square is big. We can mark off plenty of 40s. Or we can go somewhere else. All right. Uh, I'm going to wipe the tears from my eyes. Um, and they're not sad tears. They're happy tears. I can't. I love the fact that we let that one breathe because there was so much in there that I had forgotten, including Vinny. Uh, a tweet from uh, Diggy. Sid is Captain Custard Tart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is going to be jam-packed. Elliot Friedman, Eric Angles, Tyler Mott, all lined up in this second hour. The Habs have fired Claude Julien. We will examine and see if there's another one next with Elliot Friedman. Tim and Sid, next. Time for Tim and Sid. 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 Time for real sports talk with Tim McCallum and Sid Sexero. Thank you very much, Sheep Dogs. Final hour of Tim and Sid. Tyler Mott's going to drop by. Um, he has a wonderful story that gives a lot of people uh, a lot of confidence to do the right thing. We will share that story with you and discuss it with him. Uh, as some of the fine folks at Movember have shifted to some mental fitness initiatives here in February and March, and we wanted to pass those along to you. Uh, also, Eric Engels on the dismissal of Claude Julien, and I got a feeling our next guest may have a few opinions. Time now for 3 of 31, Timmy, brought to you by the GMC Sierra AT4, the premium off-road pickup truck built for adventure. Adventure is his middle name. He is Elliot Friedman from the NHL on Sportsnet. Friege, any any inkling of the Claude Julien thing when you went to bed last night? Was there a murmur, something that caught your caught your attention, or were you as shocked as the rest of us? No, I I'd heard like I wasn't shocked about Julian. As a matter of fact, someone said something to me on Sunday night that they said that after they lost that game in Ottawa that. It's something I should be looking out for potentially. I was more surprised at the Kirk Muller one. I, I didn't see that coming. I thought, you know, I was thinking probably like a lot of people were that um, if if Claude Julian got let go, then Kirk Muller was, was going to take over. So uh, that was the one that actually surprised me more. Um you know, I, I just think, guys, that, you know, after everything, that, all the money that Jeff Molson spent in the offseason, and we've seen very few sports owners do that uh, outside of the NFL this year, um, I think the pressure was ratcheted up. And, um, I, I like, I, I didn't know it was going to be today, but I wasn't shocked. I was actually, like I said, I was more surprised about the Mueller thing than, because I didn't know that potentially was coming as opposed to the Claude Julian thing. We're going to talk to Eric Engels uh, about this coming up. So I want to kind of pivot towards the other markets in Canada that yeah. are saying, well, if this happened in Montreal, can it happen here? 
And yep. I think that's happening in Vancouver and Calgary right now, even though the Flames just came off a pretty impressive win. Yeah, I, I don't know if I if I see it as much in those uh, those other markets as uh, as I do in Montreal. You know, like I said, um, Montreal spent a ton of money this year. Um, there's it was very high expectation. Also, Julian's been there a little bit longer. I mean, the other thing too is if you really look at it, Montreal's underlying numbers are really good. Like in terms of five versus five goals for percentage, which is at five on five the percent of the goals that are scored by your team nobody's better than montreal they're at 63 percent like they're just ahead of tampa bay and normally five versus five numbers are a good indication of where your team is but you know the power play has been struggling price has been struggling the results have dropped down a bit um i just think it shows you the pressure and the expectations that are on that team you know vancouver they have a good coaches in the last year of his deal. Um, you know, like, I think there's a bigger question going on there is, you know, like, does he want to stay? Do they want him to stay? I don't know if that's the kind of the same discussion that was going on in Montreal, Calgary. They just hired that coach. I mean, what a, like, I, I just can't imagine they want to turn around and make that change that quickly. I, I think Montreal's situation was a little bit unique. Is that Chris Kreider playing the piano behind you? Or Merrick? <laughs> is Jeff Merrick tickling the ivory? Like, what, what are we hearing there? Uh, come on, we know Merrick's got no talent. <laughs> <laughs> is it your Boom. son? What's that? Is that your son? Am I hearing piano no, music no, or am I crazy? I'm, uh, and no, I'm at the CBC building preparing oh, okay. for Wednesday night. I don't know who that was. Oh, All they're right. back. <laughs> It just sounds like you're in a piano bar. Social yeah. distance, I'm sure, but a piano bar. I wish bar. I was, man. I'll tell you. <laughs> um, Freed, the other uh, – sorry, Timmy, go ahead. Jump in. No, sorry. no. The, no, no the other aspect of um, of this Hab story to me is – and it's more, it's past Julian – is Mark Bergevin sitting there because now the hot seat's obviously moved. Yeah, 100%. And, and in 2018, Mark Bergevin at third overall looked at Kotkaniemi and Brady Kachuk. Yeah. And Brady Kachuk just looks like the best power forward in the game over the last two games against that team after taking Kotkiemi. He how hot is the seat now on with Bergevin? You know, I think it's hot, but I, I think it's it's not even that pick, right? Like, you know, people forget that the Ottawa Sanders were trashed that night for taking Brady Kachuk. You know, if I remember I covered that draft. I remember, so the, when they took Kakanyemi, you know, some people questioned it, but people understood the philosophy. The Canadians said they needed a center, and they were going out to get a center. And I think, did it surprise some people because he was higher than he was ranked? Yes. But they understood the philosophy. I, like, first of all, you have to remember that Ottawa had to make a decision to give up that pick to Colorado or not. And they kept right. the pick, and they drafted Kachuk, and people were destroying them. Like, I remember that night, I, I, I interviewed uh, Pierre Dorian about the pick, and like people were trashing me on Twitter for being not hard <laughs> enough on him. And, like, that's fine. That's just the, the name of the game. Yeah, but you uh, but you, if you go back to that night, guys, Ottawa got destroyed. Like, I remember people were tweeting, like, 
he took a winger who had nine goals last year instead of giving up the pick. People were like, we're going to lose the number one overall pick next year for a nine-goal winger. Like, it was crazy town, guys. Right. Um, can you just, like, clap for the person playing? Like, it's wonderful <laughs> piano. Like, it really is. Good. Can you put in a buck for me for each in the jar? They're they're, they're great. You gotta what, throw what, it. Would you, what would you like played, Sid? I'll I'll make I'll go make requests. <laughs> Play Billy Joel, <laughs> little piano man. I need some piano man for Is that the Here, biggest I'm, cliche I'm, I'm, ever? I'm gonna or that or the entertainer. That was always a big one. Oh <laughs> man, at the organ the, grinder, bud. Yeah, that's exactly it. I was just, I was thinking the exact same thing, Tim. It's uh, awesome. You know, for I'm, I'm moving over. I'm going to say I'm 15. on the Tim and Sid show. They want to know if you'll take requests. The <laughs> They're good. They're great. on this level. Yeah. I'm not ripping. They're great, but it's no, no, wonderful. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Can't hear him. Hallelujah. Play, uh, play, play hallelujah. It's funny. I'm on the TV right now, and they say your playing is excellent. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. All right. Elliot Freeman just changing lives constantly here on Tim and Sid getting ready for Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey. Go ahead, Tim. Um, listen, earlier today we were talking about the nuanced conversation that is Mike Babcock. Um, I don't yeah. know if there's a more nuanced conversation than Artemi Pranarin. Like, yeah. I don't know if the NHL has ever dealt with anything like this before. I know there have been some things close to this, but – how how is this situation challenging the Rangers and the league? Oh boy, um, there, there's a lot to go with that. I, it, it's challenging because you know it's it's overseas and it's like one of the things I, I, I like to say when I'm talking about situations like this is that we try to put North American solutions on them. And it's not North America. It's a different part of the world, right, yeah. where rules are different and things are run differently. So you can't take our um, mores and put and say, well, this applies to that. So it's different. You know, first of all, it doesn't seem like there's, as we talk right now at 6.09 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday, it doesn't seem like there's much credibility to the accusation. There's no police report. Uh, Nazarov, the person who said it, is a total wild card. And, you know, people who are on that team have kind of said, you know, there's, there's, there's no there there. So, you know, you're sitting here and you're saying, okay, the, the credibility seems to, seems to be lacking. And even if a police report was to show up now, it would be heavily scrutinized and there'd be a lot of questions about its legitimacy. So you've got that. And you've got, you know, the NHL and everyone saying, like, this has caught us by surprise. We didn't even know about this. And then you have the whole point about, um, you know, here's Panarin. He goes on Instagram. He, he uh, throws, shows his support for Putin's opponent and, you know, what that can mean. And it's a whole other level. Um, you know, what does it mean for... Uh, accusations against Panarin. What does it mean for the safety of his relatives and things like that? Yeah. Like, there's a lot there that we don't understand. So, I, or we don't recognize or completely un- recognize the severity of it. So, from what I've heard, the Rangers have just said, "Take your time," and uh, like nobody knows um, when he's coming back or what the situation is going to be. It's almost as if 
it unfolds almost on a day-by-day basis, Tim. Yeah. So uh, to be continued on that front, no doubt. Uh, Frege is going to be part of Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey pregame at the bottom of the clock here on Sports in Ontario, East, West, Pacific. So we will let Frege go because he is busy. As always, Frege, love you, brother. Have a good broadcast tonight. We'll be watching. And enjoy the game. Take care, man. So this is this is my last appearance. Oh, oh I wow. I can say I, I am never coming on this show again. <laughs> Your dream has come true, Fridge. Hey, guys. <laughs> like, uh, I, I'll be watching on Friday. I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys come up with. Uh, I hope you guys take a great bow. We're all, everyone who remembered you when, we're all super proud of you. Love you, brother. Appreciate Thank that. Thank you for yeah. that. Yeah. Have a good one. Take care. And please tip your piano player on the way out. <laughs> no problem. Bye. Uh, Panarin, piano, and the power play. Where oh, else? Oh, Fridge, you still there? Fridge, you still there? Fridge. Damn. I was going to. Uh, Fridge, you still there? Yeah. Oh, he's there. What, what, what's going to happen when my feed goes down during my goodbye? I need someone who's experienced this. <laughs> like, just laugh your head off like I did. I remember okay. they were. Like, I remember Brian Spear came up to me. He's like, I'm really sorry to tell you this. I'm so. And I'm like. I laughed. I thought it was so funny. Okay. Handle it with humor. Got it. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Love you. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. There's uh, Elliot Friedman. Um, I remember Brian Spears producing the game. Uh, Elliot Friedman's goodbye at the score goes to bars. Bars in tone. Beep! Means the satellite feed the satellite feed window was not extended enough is basically what that meant. Right. And someone didn't Fridge's call goodbye. in. And so Fridge <laughs> is in the middle of, you know, this time that I've spent at the score has been really important to not only me and my and the producer of the show uh, was Brian Spear, who now produces Hockey Night in Canada because uh, the score develops talent, son. And Brian Spear goes, don't tell him. Act like we're still on the air. Sign off. Don't do not whatever you do. Just let the act go. So we did an end of a broadcast that never made it to air. Oh, the that, whole tape, that tape exists somewhere. No, I don't believe it doesn't exist. Someone in the truck got it. Someone in the truck yeah. got it. Uh, thanks again to Elliot Friedman, Eric Engels of Sportsnet. It's a big Habs Newsday. Uh, when it's a big Habs Newsday, Eric Engels is where we go. Eric, uh, welcome back to the show here. The bigger story today, Claude Julien fired, or the general style and look of Mark Bergevin, who stopped people dead in their tracks <laughs> You know, after getting off a chartered plane in Winnipeg, what is the bigger story to you? Honestly, it might be Elliot's uh, unrequited love. Like you said, love you, brother, about three, four times, and just he's so emotionless, he didn't come back with anything for you. So that um, might take the well, case. Let's, for let's me. just say being but, emotional with each other was never a thing between Tim, I, and Fridge. It yeah. was never like we were never like that, right? Like we was always ribbing and this and that. Just like like the emotions never came out properly. It was always awkward. But I hear you. So, I hear you. So what what were my two options? What was I choosing between? Obviously, Claude Julian being fired. And uh, the general style and taste of uh, of Mark Bergevin. I think they're both yeah, equally I, huge stars. Listen, yeah, I, I, maybe style and taste will be a breakfast television story, but this uh, first sports <laughs> that Tim and well, well played. Well played. Claude Julien, right, so- obviously, getting fired is, is a massive story, but uh, certainly the promotion of Dominic Ducharme uh, and as the new head coach of the Montreal Canadiens, the 28th one in history, is a pretty big one, too. So last night, I told Sid, I fell asleep, I woke up, I read your story, and I was just jaw-dropped. Like, I was like, could this actually happen? And then I wake up this morning, and boom, it actually happened. So let me ask you this, because there's been a lot of uh, how, why, where, when 
18 games enough, uh, eight-game slide here? Like, how does that cost a guy a job? The one thing I keep going back to in my head, Eric, is the Brendan Gallagher sitting in the postseason and then um, the contract negotiation that kind of goes off the rails then is back on the rails and he gets basically everything that he wanted. How much did the previous year have to do with this year? It had something. It's a factor. When you go through two eight-game losing skids and then another five-gamer and you're never able to turn it around, it's definitely a factor. Um, I think, you know, what we saw from the Canadians in the bubble, a lot of people forget this because Claude Fournier left after game one against Philadelphia. He was the guy who coached them through Pittsburgh. He was the guy who turned to Nick Suzuki and gave him the, the elevated first-line role and demoted Philip Deneau to the third line and pushed Max Domi to the border of the roster. You know, he did a lot of things that a lot of people would have said, this isn't Claude Julien, he wouldn't do that. Um, he also was given a chance to come back because of that. And and it was an easy excuse for Mark Bergevin to say, you know, Claude went through something medical in the bubble and, um, you know, it's it's – we saw what life was like with Kirk Muller behind the bench, and we have an opportunity to move forward with a different coach and different direction with a new team and different pieces. He brought Claude back because Claude is an excellent coach. And um, the one reason why he's gone now, I think, is because a lot of the trends that we saw during those losing streaks last year, whether it's an anemic power play, a penalty kill that's not as good as it should be, uh, a bunch of penalties taken, and just the inability to kind of reverse things quickly you know Claude Julien always said and one of the first things he said when he took over as coach of the Canadians in the second time around was I don't panic I fix things I think if his level of not panic but urgency was a little bit more in making certain adaptations he might still be coaching this team Eric Angles of Sportsnet here on Tim and Sid again Claude Julien Kirk Muller fired today by the Montreal Canadiens Uh, Dominic Ducharme is in as interim head coach, but that interim, based on what we heard from Mark Bergevin today, will last through to the end of the season. Um, Eric, who who wanted this change more, do you think, the room or Mark? Well, I don't think Mark. I don't think Mark Bergevin wanted wanted to do anything. In an ideal world for him, the expectations were set extremely high at the beginning of the year. He had the right coach for the job, and things would go smoothly. And sure. There would be a rough patch or two, but they'd pull out of them, and he'd still be able to continue with the Stanley Cup winning coach behind the bench. Now he's got a rookie in Dominic Ducharme there, a guy he says he's 100% committed to, a guy who he believes is the right voice for the situation. And if the players feel that way, because I think you know there is some relief in the message changing and a different voice delivering it in a different way, even if Dominic Ducharme was there for the last two years, this is a very different role. Um, I think, you know, Bergerman will feel that much better. One thing he's got to feel really good about is for a guy who is a rookie coach in the NHL, after watching Dominic Ducharme do his first media availability and how calm, cool, and collected he was and the answer he gave to me about how it was that in this tornado of pressure that he's under that he came across as, as that calm and he just said, you know, I'm prepared, and it's like when you go in for a test. I don't care what the questions are. If you're prepared, I'll just I'm just ready to answer them. So, it, that to me was probably such a reassuring sign for Mark Bergevin, and an even more reassuring sign will be the response on the ice from the Canadians, and that will suggest that obviously the message coming from Ducharme is the right one. He is a new school coach. He is a, a guy who's connected to more of the young players in the game because of where he's come from and and when he came up, and uh, I think Bergevin is hoping that pays dividends. Last one from me. Do you get the sense that the players are happy this happened? 
I mean, no one yeah. likes to see a, jo- a guy lose his job by completely. But privately, it's a fair that. question. Privately, it's a fair question. However, here's how I would answer that. Uh, I've met players that don't like a single coach that they've ever played for. Um, I've met players that love certain coaches and certain styles, and others that love the complete opposite style of coach. Uh, I don't think any coach has the universal buy-in from every single player in a room. Uh, at the end of the day, it is the players themselves who motivate each other and play for each other, and that's what you want to build. Scotty Bowman was probably the best coach of all time, was universally hated by most of his players, um, and it's part of what made him good. He was also respected. I think Claude Julien was very much so respected, but it obviously got to a point where I think the players were welcoming of a new voice, especially when you hear someone like Shea Weber talk about a heaviness taking over the team. That was a big red flag for me. Let's see what Dominic Ducharme does here. Eric Engels of Sportsnet here on Tim and Sid on a big, big Montreal Canadiens news day. Last one for me, Eric. Where is the fan base right now on Carey Price? Lukewarm and uh, in need of some... uh, some winning over and Carey Price is probably the first guy who to admit that he hasn't played well enough um, last night was kind of the typical performance that we've seen from him this year where he makes a bunch of great saves and lets in some goals that are completely perplexing he's at the top of the league in high danger scoring uh, chance saves but the ones coming from outside and the one that Brady Kachuk slipped through him is just that's not the type of goal you want to see any goaltender in the National Hockey League let in, let alone Carey Price, the highest-paid goaltender in the world. So he needs to be better. It's a different situation for him this year. He's not playing anywhere near as frequently. They brought in Jake Allen to bring him rest, and the rhythm is an issue, but also like Jake Allen has played phenomenally well, and Carey Price hasn't been under that kind of pressure with someone behind him pushing him for a while. I do believe he will find it, but he needs to show something to this fan base that he still got it. And we saw it in the bubble when the games mattered most. He was unbelievable. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm call me uh, sentimental or whatever. I've known Carey Price's whole career. I'm pretty sure he's going to bounce back uh, quite, quite strong. Eric Engels here on Tim and Sid. And I know Sid's leaving, uh, but this show is forever changing. Uh, no matter what Tim and friends becomes, it will not be the same as it was before. And I got to say, one of my favorite, and I, I I believe it was Rosh Hashanah, but correct me if I'm wrong here, Angles, there was a high holy when there was a, a story breaking in Montreal. We went to you and ended up in your house for dinner. And it might be one of my favorite moments in the history of this show. Uh, I think it's definitely one of mine too. And there's been a few and the, the chance to come on and, guest host with you guys was uh, an unbelievable experience one of the highlights of my career all i could say is i i owe you guys a lot for always having me on and turning to me it's it's it is one of the highlights of my career interacting with both of you i think you're incredible personalities you're so devoted to what you do and um i also think you guys have been great complimenting each other and i can't wait to see what you guys do on your own and in your own ways and i'm wishing you both all the best I love you guys. I admire you guys. My family too. The guy that, that you know at Russia shot a dinner. They all uh, talk about how much they love you guys too. I, I ask them what's wrong with them, but they they still <laughs> feel that way. So, anyways, I wish you guys all the best, and I know you're going to do great things uh, separate and and remain good friends. I have no doubt.
Uh, fantastic words, Eric. You're, you are uh, you are a phenomenal person. By the way, did you have permission for everyone in your family to do that that night? I didn't. Have, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever talked. Like, I'm glad Tim brought it up because I don't think you and I have ever talked about it. So why not do it live on air? Did you have everyone's permission to FaceTime on a national TV? Did, w- did they hire agents? Some of them after? Did they? Did their heads get big? <laughs> like, what were the, what what happened after the fact? I I am very fortunate to have good parents and good siblings and a good wife and people who support this career that I've built for myself. And without them, I probably, well, I definitely would not be where I am. So they understand that when the phone rings, I need to answer it. And uh, especially during hockey season, because during golf season, my phone's off and I'm playing a lot of golf. <laughs> awesome. I just, it was such a natural moment and I don't know any other shows where you could walk into a family dinner and it was the, the reception was wonderful. Like all I remember is, Hey, what's going on? Tim and Sid, like it was amazing. It's a, it's a family memory that will, that we'll all cherish. <laughs> Again, I don't know why they will, but <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of understand. Uh, Eric, you, uh, you're one of the harder workers we know, uh, and not just at Rogers, but period. You, you're, you've always been a huge help to this show. Uh, the Habs have always been very interesting, which is good for all of our businesses. They've always been fun yeah. to cover. Uh, but you, uh, you also take this very, very seriously, man. You are a pro in every sense of the word, and every time we got a little silly, you, uh, you did not hesitate to go down that road with us. And without people like you doing that, the show would have been very, very different. So we love you, man. We appreciate you coming on, and uh, and all the best to you. Love you. Thank you very much. Just the same, and also there is one thing that I did disagree to do, which was run in that tracksuit that you did the sprint in when I came to yes. Toronto. That yes. I was not going to subject myself to that. That's the one Good thing call. you cowered out on. Yeah, but I'll, I'll let that go. I'll let that Solid go. call. Fine. Solid call. <laughs> Thanks, Angles. Thanks, Eric. See you guys. There is uh, Eric Angles. Uh, if you're not following him and you are a fan of the Montreal Canadiens, or hockey for that matter, uh, you're doing it wrong. So good for uh, Eric Engels to stop by. And speaking of, Hockey Central setting you up for Scotiabank. Wasn't that hockey tonight? <laughs> Jeff Merrick, Elliot Friedman, Cassie Campbell, uh, Pascal, and Anson Carter uh, taking you to the Leafs and the Flames. So that is coming up on the Sportsnet side of things. We will continue on Sportsnet 360 and Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Uh, Tyler Mott of the Vancouver Canucks is going to join us, and we're going to discuss an initiative with him uh, on mental fitness and how everyone can improve their own mental fitness by listening to uh, someone who has gone through it uh, a little bit in Tyler. Absolutely. We'll talk a little Canucks. So he hasn't played in a few weeks. He's been out, but uh, it won't be th- – it won't be – the, the main message of this segment because Tyler has an important message to send as Tim alluded to. So again, we'll do that coming up here in just a few minutes. Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet 590, the fan online. You can come with us there. For the rest of you, Hockey Central is next as they get you teed up for the Calgary Flames and the Toronto Maple Leafs on Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey. It is the second in three nights between the two. And, of course, they'll dive in deeper in what happened in Montreal tonight. Kirk Muller gone, Claude Julien gone, Dominic Ducharme in a busy hockey day. This is Tim and Sid Moore after this. This is Tim and Sid Coast to Coast on Sportsnet 360 and Sportsnet 590 The Fan. We've all become familiar with Movember and its commitment to changing the face of men's health. But Movember is about more than just one month, especially in a year that has been stressful for 
all of us. Often we don't see the struggles that people are dealing with, which also goes for athletes away from the game that they play. Movember and Sportsnet have teamed up on a new content series called The Mental Game that focuses on men's mental fitness. Yeah, that's right, Timmy. The Mental Game is designed to get Canadian men to level up their mental fitness. In these weekly online episodes, you'll see familiar top athletes open up about battles we didn't know they faced. It will explore how they came to identify and improve their self-care habits. The Vancouver Canucks, Tyler Mott, is not only our next guest, we'll talk to him in just a second, but he's also the subject of the first episode. Here's a preview. Roll it. I lost the, that drive towards you know my goals in life, and not just as a hockey player, but as a person. I noticed that I would suppress a lot of my feelings and thoughts. I didn't deal with a lot of things. I remember going into my my first meeting, and shortly thereafter, I was officially diagnosed with anxiety and depression. Once I got over that hurdle, I think, you know, there's a bit of no looking back. You're going to take this head on just like you have, you know, other obstacles in your life. To be here today as a, you know, the same person but in a different space is, is awesome. I'm, I'm proud of myself, which I don't say enough either, but... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Um, and it's not every day do I get to say that to myself, but I have come a long way. And it, it hasn't been easy. And for those of you out there that are in a tough spot, it's, it gets better. Um, it really does. And I hope everyone gets to find that space. Again, you can catch Tyler's full feature tonight on Sportsnet or go to sportsnet.ca slash mentalgame to watch it and other episodes. A lot of people, uh, including my co-host, know that I lost my brother and my hero to suicide when he was 25 and I was 16. Um, He has looked down on every one of these shows that we have done during the pandemic. Really good athlete, an MBA from Western. I always heard why. I never wondered why because I saw it. And it's so important that tough guys speak out because it inspires others uh, who have been taught that you got to be tough. Um, but I know firsthand it's not easy. So first off, Tyler, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for doing this. It's really important. And why did you decide to tell your story? Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me, guys. Um, it's obviously a topic that is sometimes hard to talk about, but um, I've tried to make it a mission to to do my part to, in order to help others. Um, for me, it was not an easy thing to, to get into, you know, getting diagnosed. That process was hard for me. Um, I think people around me might have saw some signs before I did, um, but I got to a point where uh, my life wasn't quite the way it used to. Um, I was in a darker space, kind of the emotions, uh, the energy, my thoughts weren't quite the same. And uh, I decided to take that step and, and have a meeting. And I've been trying to, to steadily progress into a better space ever since. Tyler, professionally, when when would you say it it affected you the most? Like when when did you reach a moment where, from a, at a professional level, you said this 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 can't continue like this? Yeah, it, it's hard to say. Um, obviously, you know, being an athlete, make um, like a lot of people think that that is maybe the most uh, contributing factor, but that, that's not always the case. Um, I do think that it, it, it's had a play, um, obviously, in things with having my life be you know, so focused and, and surrounded by the game for so long. Um, but it's, it's not always the biggest uh, contributor. 
Um, I think there's there's plenty of things that, like I, I mentioned in the in the piece there that um, I might not have properly dealt with uh, growing up and, and early on in my career. Um, I think those things kind of have started to progressively hold more weight to them. Um, and like I said, it's you know once you you start the process, and I wanted to see somebody things slowly start to get a little bit easier, and you start to find ways to deal with those things before they they start to carry so much weight. Tyler Mott joining us here on Tim and Sid. He, of course, uh, connects forward and working with Movember and Sportsnet to tell a really good story. And and to understand a physical injury is, is easy for athletes to diagnose. My leg hurts. I'll go get help for that. Um, understanding mental health can be tougher for a lot of people. Um, we have heard from, you know, DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Love speaking out in the NBA. It's becoming more uh, more common to hear uh, athletes speak out. Did hearing others help you come to grips what was, with what was happening to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think seeing and hearing other people's stories and um, we try to say a lot, like knowing you're not alone. I think that goes a long way, especially for those that are struggling. Um, and it's a message to those that, that may not be dealing with it themselves, but um, to take a step back and understand that, that those around them and their loved ones um, may be dealing with something that they're not even aware of. Um, so for me, for you know, those guys led the way, and, and there were many before them, and hopefully there's many after us, but um, you know, just setting that stage and, and that standard that so it, it is okay to, to deal with these things on a daily basis and um, to see those guys you know, open up and tell their story definitely made it you know, easier for me and a little bit of responsibility on me um, to go out and do the same. We're talking to Tyler Mott of the Vancouver Canucks about the Mental Game Initiative with Movember and Sportsnet. He's been kind enough to join us. Tyler, just in terms of the piece, like the, the piece we just got a snippet of before you came on, was there any hesitation? Kind of walk, if you could walk us down uh, the decision-making path on your end, because this, these are intensely personal things, and to have them out there in a lot of ways is is sometimes a difficult thing. But in from a television standpoint, it's right there and it's so revealing. Was there a hesitation at any point on your end? Like when when did you decide this is this was the right thing to do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, for me, even going back to our hockey talks game last year um, that the, the team has put on uh, for many years now, um, they asked me just to to have a quick snippet and in, in saying how you know, to our fans and those that follow us, you know, no, no, you're not alone in the fight, and something simple along those lines. And I kind of took it a step further um, and just said I might have a bit more to add to that conversation. Um, and that was the first time I, I really shared uh, my story. Um, but coming into this piece, um, you know, it was much of the same. Always a little bit reserved and wanting to to get so personal with it. But once you find out the the reasoning and, and the purpose and the passion behind the piece um, and it being put together for the right reasons, it makes it a lot easier. Um, as I've said many times, you know, this whole thing isn't to to tell my story. Um, although I learn a little bit about myself each time. Um, the hopes of this is is to help others and to um, you know create a pathway for those that may need help that haven't seen it in themselves yet, or those that are struggling to know that there's plenty of us out there that are that are in a similar boat um, and find a way to to stick together and, and keep on the fight. I love that you mentioned others because our show is changing on Friday, and because we don't take ourselves very seriously all of the time, uh, we got a ton of very nice notes and. When we first announced it, I got emotional when I started reading the ones that said, you know, you guys helped me through a tough time in my life 
or thanks for going to chemo with me, even though it was just our podcast on in someone's ear. Have you been able to understand or hear from people that you've helped? And if so, how did it make you feel? Yeah, um, that is probably the most uh, emotional part for me, um, seeing comments and and tweets and those things. And, and for those listening, that you know, it's impossible to to reply and respond to each one. But do know that uh, you know we see those things, and it does does get to us. I actually got a a note today that was sent into the team from someone in Mexico of, of all places, saying how they they actually lived in Vancouver for for a handful of months. Um, and they had been struggling and, and are back in Mexico. And um, just a story like that um, from someone who you may not think is a fan of the game or a fan of the team, but you still have a way to, to impact their life in a positive way. And I think that's that's really what it's all about. And um, that's why I was today we were actually happy to launch a, a partnership with the Canucks for Kids Foundation um, to raise some, some funding um, that will be going out to, across the country and continent to um, – know to to financially support some of these foundations that are helping so many people um and that's again just another way to give back and and to show that the you know the purpose and the you know the message behind all this isn't just to to raise awareness there's other ways that we we intend to help and want to help others tyler mott of the vancouver canucks here on tim and said i i mean i my there's a part of me as a sports person that wants to talk Canucks, but this this topic's too important, Tyler. So forgive me. I do have a, I do have a couple more questions, if it's okay, about this topic. Absolutely. Um, um, obviously, like a lot of people are learning about your story and this side of you uh, recently. I'm curious how many teammates knew about this well before. Like how how much did you open up to guys in the room? How, were you comfortable opening up to guys in the room? It wouldn't. It wasn't a about being comfortable necessarily. Um, it was that I don't think I was ready to, to take on, uh, you know, that challenge, I guess. Um, I was you know, still and have and was dealing with it internally with myself. Um, and I think at the time when I first told my story, I would have felt like I was putting that on, on my teammates or the organization. And um, that's not something I, I was comfortable with. So actually, you know, there might have been teammates that may have seen some signs um, prior, but I, I hadn't had any conversations with with any of them, um, even throughout my career about it. It was, again, something I, for for the longest time, had felt like I needed to deal with, with internally. Um, and then recently, the last couple of years, I started to, to take a different approach and, and seek help in, in other ways. Uh, honestly, I, having seen it up close and personal, I can, I can tell you how much I appreciate it and I appreciate the bravery in speaking up. Cause I know obviously from the video, it's not easy. And I know from personal experience, it's not easy. So thanks very much for doing this. And I'm kind of glad that we didn't talk about the Canucks. We can do that another yeah, day we'll when another you can join us and do it. Cause this is too important. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah. Thanks guys. I appreciate the time and thanks for having me on. Of course. Uh, there is Tyler Mott of the Vancouver Canucks. Again, sportsnet.ca slash the mental game or follow the hashtag the mental game and you can see uh, more stories like Tyler's. And I think it's, you know, obviously I'm a little biased. It's really important, but I know Sid also feels the same way. It's really sure. important that we have these conversations so that people feel a lot more comfortable in going yeah. and getting help when they need it. 
I didn't. I didn't feel like asking about a blown three nothing lead last night was appropriate in the middle of that. <laughs> I, I think. I think you I agree you. with my gut on that, McAuliffe. Yeah, so I think I I'm you. happy. I'm happy. Tyler came on and uh, he was great. So all the best to Tyler going forward. Hopefully he gets healthy too and gets out there and plays again for the Canucks. All right, we're going to take a, one last break here. Yesterday, we we heard the front end of a really interesting conversation between Kayla and DJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we returned the back end of that conversation, and it's an important one. This is Tim and Sid live on TV and radio. Welcome back to Tim and Sid. Uh, yesterday on a show, we aired you uh, a conversation with our good friend Donovan Bennett crossing corporate lines with TSN's Kayla Gray about the weight of important conversations, about the importance of sharing that weight, and the importance of representation. As we said yesterday, Sid and I have never really shied away from having these conversations, and we decided that we would play part two of said conversation between Donovan Bennett and Kayla Gray, focusing on social media, the terrible cesspool it can be. Here's Donovan and Kayla. Wait in town and tell the people. Give me the rhythm, them I'm a bun them. Well, it's coming here, it's not coming up here, alongside double effects. Maybe rock. Watch how we step. Babylon, them side, we and get vexed. That one your name. Them system is a strain and a mess. My feel it like a pain in my chest. Double effects, my say you're blessed. I feel like my can't breathe. In a disaster of vacation. The people living in a suffocation, my can't breathe. My can't breathe. When the youth can't write, I can't breathe. You talk about the social media threats, right? My mom gets scared, like literally scared. And I could say I'm fine with it, but when people are coming for me on social media, my my mom's not having a good day. Right. And my wife gets sad. Like she just sees the amount that I put into the work and to see it be received that way, like, you know, as a partner, as a teammate, that's difficult. I, I don't want that for for my kids. So there's a there is a unseen pull, not even just on us, on 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 people around us that I don't think people really understand yeah. until you're in it. As a black man, we're scared as hell. I think for me is you have to understand. If you do a search right now, you're gonna see the worst of the worst. I've had hate mail, I've had threats, I've had a lot of things, and a lot of things I've actually had ignored. But there's just some things that I felt like you needed to check. So we, we have different um, approaches yep. on social media, <laughs> right? Do. You're a little more, more Malcolm than I'm maybe a little <laughs> bit more Martin. You will literally go at, explain. Specifically, yes. name names. Yes, on social, where I'm, 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 just, I'm just scrolling and I'm, I'm just in the easy pass lane. Like, I'm, I can let that go. So walk me through um, why. I think for so long, especially with our media landscape, a lot of things have taken place and have gone unchecked. Why? Because guess what? It's a buddy system up here. A lot of people protecting each other and and a lot of people just not willing to get uncomfortable. So if we're going to continue on that path, on that route, 
what change do we honestly think is going to happen from then? And let's be very clear, what you see publicly on social media is only a fraction of the work that I do. There is no way that I'm out here just saying what I say publicly if the work's not taking place behind the scenes. But yeah, I, I, I can get buck. I, that's just me. But. I don't think that I do it to, to shame people. It's more so a teaching moment. Probably about five or six screaming parents banging on the penalty box glass, screaming, you're a piece of shit. you're a monkey. I think too is, you know, I get slapped with the, oh, she's canceling someone, cancel culture, Ray Ray. But at the same time, I don't believe in cancel culture. You, when you say something, you have got to prepare for the consequences. And that is everybody. That's me, that's whoever has the brave Twitter fingers behind you know, their computer in their mom's basement. That's everyone across the board. I'm not a cancel culture person either. I'm more of a council culture. But I also believe that like some things can't be counseled. I just don't think I'm gonna be a social media evangelist and change all of these minds. <laughs> now, the funny thing is, even when you try and stay away, you get brought into things. Oh, of course. All of a sudden, my phone starts doing the Harlem Shake. <laughs> vroom, 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 vroom. Why is uh, this question to the Saizuri racist? Why is what uh. Why is what this reporter, in this case, Steve Sims, uh -huh. why is what he said racist? I'm like, I don't even know what he said yet. Shootings in Toronto are up 180% since you came in and joined the Raptors. Is it time for you and the Raptors to get involved? To kind of sit there and hear a question being posed and phrased like, cool, cool what you're doing, love what you're saying, Masai, but what about the, the, the gun crime in Toronto? To me, that's as mass as when people say, well, what about black on black crime? Well, when we talk about white on white crime, don't we just call that crime? <laughs> yes. The question to me lumped Masai in as if he had some sort of responsibility with why gun crime in Toronto was so high. It was phrased as if, since you got here. Mm -hmm. So to me, that lumped in his responsibility with what was going on in our city. The thing that I can't stand the most with people who kind of have those conversations and try to drive those conversations is they don't think that black people have the capacity to hold different conversations at the same time. Yeah, so uh, somehow, not only did you have to answer for it, but <laughs> you know, because uh, I'm on Team Black, I had to answer for it. I don't know the man, uh, I don't know if he's racist. The question is, is based on a racist right. dog whistle, right? So. Forget about who asked it. If yeah. I asked that question, phrased as Same such, thing. it would have been racist. I would like to know who's calling up Kyle Dubas to ask what he's doing about gun crime in Toronto. Well, great question. Brandon Shanahan has the same role, different team, same city. So no, nobody asked those questions of anyone other than Masai. So there's this whataboutism yep. that you are... It's not good enough that you're a star in your role. The, the problem is there isn't that much representation. Here is Kayla Gray and Donovan Bennett again. Uh, you don't see that a lot. You don't see corporations crossing over like that. But um, uh, they, are, they are fantastic. And the conversation was important. And, um, and we appreciate that being able to air on Rogers Air because, again, 
some it's 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 Doesn't a difficult thing to convince bosses to do. Let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it was a conversation worth having, absolutely, and and we appreciate being able to run that here on Tim and Sid. So and some good. people don't even recognize the vague, uh, the veiled, or the dog whistle. So maybe absolutely. watching that, you can recognize it a little bit more. Um, we're almost done here. The magic number is going from three to two, and it comes on an interesting day. Scotiabank Wednesday night hockey, and the Toronto Raptors, after a loss last night, are back in action tonight against the Miami Heat in an interesting matchup. Is this one of those with Kyle Lowry back that you might see a little time to adjust do you expect them to hit the ground running? It's the second half of back-to-backs coming off a first loss in a while. Yeah. Like It's just really interesting to me what team will come out tonight. The one thing I do like is that Kyle won't be the tired one. Like It's it's a second of a back-to-back, but Kyle won't have that back-to-back wear on him. Again, right. we're not sure how healthy he is. He did miss two games against Philly. That is that is a big sign that he wasn't right. Um, but I, I, I don't know if it'll be, it'll be your typical two games and two nights. Tim, they, I mean, last night for the last three quarters, the Raptors did outscore Philly 84 to 72. Yeah. <laughs> they played a pretty damn good game aside from not being able to defend a three in the first quarter, like and not hit one and like hit four in the first half. Like that was basically the game. Raptors overall played a damn good game last night. And if Norman Powell would have got a call here and then it would have been even better. <laughs> that was... Is that the worst missed call you've ever seen? Honestly, it, it's Honestly. pretty damn close. Why, why was it not reviewed? Like, why didn't someone just show the, like, I would have said, like, we have to review this just to show the ref how egregious the error was. I'm, I'm, I'm just stunned he stayed on the court. If I'm Norman Powell, Norm after the game oh said it's some meditating. Like, he, it, bless his meditation, because I would have been thrown at McAuliffe and I would have both been tossed for that. That's Correct. unbelievable. Um, anyway, Oops. so Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry <laughs> back tonight. Oops. His first game since last Tuesday against Milwaukee. That'll be interesting. Leafs and Flames live coast-to-coast. Scotiabank Wednesday night hockey. We got two more shows left, kids. Tim McAllister, Zixero, join us for the ride. We appreciate it. Back tomorrow as we leave you. Don't forget. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Of course. NXT tonight, too. NXT. 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 What a great promotion. Washing your hands. Wrestling.